WNYC Studios is supported by Zuckerman Spader. Through nearly five decades of taking on high-stakes legal matters, Zuckerman Spader is recognized nationally as a premier litigation and investigations firm. Their lawyers routinely represent individuals, organizations, and law firms in business disputes, government, and internal investigations, and at trial. When the lawyer you choose matters most. Online at Zuckerman.com. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, this is Radio Lab. I'm Latif Nasser. Just going to start with a quick announcement. Our senior producer and correspondent, Simon Adler, is doing a live show at the one and only Hot Docs Festival in my hometown of Toronto on May 5th. Um, you probably remember uh, his mixtape series about how the cassette tape changed everything. This is sort of that, and it's more than that. It's it's so good. From self-help tapes to mixtapes to a lonely recording made on the flip side of the moon. Uh, this show, it, it's all about the tension between sort of collective shared experience and, and the kind of bespoke made-for-you media bubble that we all kind of inhabit now. The show is called Radiolab Live, How the Cassette Tape Changed Us, happening once again in Toronto, Hot Doc Cinema, May 5th. I've seen it. It's good. Go, go, go. I myself may be making a little virtual appearance. Uh, Tickets are still available. Let's pivot here from that live show to another live show. We have a rewind for you. A golden oldie, if you will. Now that I think about it, probably also recorded on a cassette tape. It is a story about a maddeningly tense showdown between two people in front of a live audience. But it's actually really a tussle between what's good for each of them individually and what's the greater good. We originally aired it in 2014 as part of an episode called What's Left When You're Right. Weird title, I know. But boy, does this segment ever hold up. So uh, here you go. The Golden Rule. Yeah, you're, wait, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> you're listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. Yeah. Rewind. Okay. This is Andy Rowe. So what I've got here. Can you get rack links? It's falling apart. He's a TV producer in London, and in his office, where we reached him, he's got these very special metal balls. This is the original prototype of a golden ball. It's lovely and shiny. It's very light. Each one's the size of maybe an orange or a tangerine or a tennis ball, painted gold. And it makes a very satisfying clunk when it closes. And that clunk, that is the sound of betrayal. Because Andy has used these balls to bring out the worst in people, to show how ugly and conniving we can be, but also how wonderful. And if you think you know about all that, then you could win big on Golden Balls. Okay, so we're talking about a game show called, of course... Golden Balls. Andy was uh, one of the executive producers, did pretty well. We were really, really proud of Golden Balls. Ran for three years in the UK. Nearly 300 episodes in quite a short space of time in the show. We thought it was such fun. And it is fun, because in many ways it is just a normal game show. But I would argue there is more going on here. In fact, I'm about to argue that. Because there is a moment in one of those 300 episodes, one moment, that I just cannot shake. 
Because you remember the first time I showed you this, this clip. I certainly do. I was totally, totally, totally thrown by it. Because what's about to happen is that two guys with totally different moral philosophies are about to go, <laughs> yes, with some fascinating results. And this story, in fact, inspired the whole show. It did. But today... Three different smackdowns, all that somehow smack down, not in the way that you would expect. Different people, different dreams, different worldviews. All going kapow. And we're calling the show... <clears throat> What's Left When You're Right. Which is... Uh, Genius. <laughs> uh, well, you'll, you'll, you'll find that out later. It you'll will ultimately make sense. Perfect sense, I think. Yeah. Later. For now, can we get the golden balls happening? Yeah. Um, all I can remember was that... Um, all right, so before we get to the moment that I want to talk about, we kind of have to walk a few paces to sort of lay the foundation, which is that we have to explain the rules of this game, which are... Uh, you cannot describe golden balls in a sentence to anybody. It makes no sense whatsoever. But, but I will try and simplify. So basically there are all these early rounds where people are winning money, losing money, cheating each other, lying, uh, strategizing, voting one another off the show. I'm going to skip all that because it is in the last five minutes. That all hell breaks loose. <laughs> and it's that classic shout at the telly moment where you're sitting at home going... I can't believe what that guy just did. Yeah. I can't believe he just did that. Because basically the whole game culminates with a face-off. You now face a very straightforward choice. Two players sit on opposite sides of a table with this host between them. Yeah, Jasper Karras is naming. A man whose head is as shiny and smooth as a golden ball itself. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just edited in someone laughing at my own joke. That just happened. In any case, when you get to this moment at the end of the game... Where there's two people facing each other in the spotlight. It's all gone quiet. In that moment, their hearts are racing. Because they've got to make this key choice, which is not just about money. Although there is money on the line, of course. It is a choice that will reveal who they really are. Uh-huh. Not who we all are. Okay, what? Humanity's soul will be laid bare. Well, this may be true, but why don't we just, just lay out the rules themselves? Sorry, got a little carried away. No, there's some, you know. All right, so in the final round, each of the contestants get two golden balls. And they are the most important golden balls of the game. One ball says split. You each have a golden ball with the word split written inside. And the other ball says steal. You both have a ball with the word steal written inside. Now split, like say you and I are playing, right? Yeah. If I choose the split ball, what I'm really saying is that this jackpot, whatever it is, say it's... 3,200 pounds sterling, okay? Yeah. I'm saying I want to split it with you. Let's just split it in half. 50-50, even Steven, I'm a good guy. Now, if you also choose split, then we split it. You get half, I get half, everybody's happy. The feeling of kind of joy that everybody had when it was a split was fantastic. You're both going home with 1,600 pounds each. Okay, so that's one outcome. It's one of four outcomes, I believe. Because obviously there are other ways this could go. Because one or both of the contestants can choose steel. And what steel basically says is, forget sharing, I want to take the whole thing for myself. And if we both decide that... If you both choose the steel ball... We both screw each other and it cancels out. You leave today's game with what you came with. Nothing. 
Nobody gets anything. Nothing. I like the way he says nothing. Nothing. With a little bit of contempt. Deservedly. Yes. Two greedy people deserve nothing. Yes. Nothing. Except each other, which equals nothing. Right. So if we both decide to split, it is mutually good. If we both decide to steal, it is mutually bad. Yeah. Now, where things get thorny is it say you got a mismatch, like one person chooses split, the other person chooses steal. Now, in that scenario, the person who chose split, the nice guy or gal, gets Nothing, whereas the person who chose steal, the conniving, duplicitous bastard, takes everything. (laughs) So you, you, if you steal and the other person is kind, then you walk away with the money. Yeah. I mean, by the way, this is the classic prisoner's dilemma from game theory, which some people may recognize. But the basic idea is that there is an incentive to share because if you split, you split. Each person takes half. But there is also an incentive to lie. Because if I can convince you to share the money and I turn around and shaft you, well, then I get more money that way. Hmm. And the best part about this game, for our purposes, is that before the contestants make a choice, Jasper, the host, gets them to talk to each other about what they're going to do. Okay. Before I ask you to choose, I think you have some talking to do to each other. All right. So watch this one. You got a young blonde girl facing off with a... A larger gentleman with a mustache. Older. Yep. Yeah. And the jackpot is 100,000 pounds. Stephen, I just hope they weren't puppy dog tears and they were real oh. tears and you were genuinely going to split that money. I am going to split this. I, I, I just... 50,000. I'm... I'm just... Um, it's unbelievable. 50,000. You were genuinely going to split... She's crying at this point. She's kind of adorable. I like her. She's like an innocent. If I stole off you, every single person there would run over you and lynch me. There was no way I could... I mean, everyone who knew me would just be disgusted if I stopped. See how he's gripping his legs? He's up to something? Please. I can look you in the... Sarah, I can look you straight in the eye and tell you I am going to split. I swear down to you, I am going to split. Okay. This is serious money. Sarah, Steve, choose either the split or the steel ball now. Hold it up. We're going on with 50 grand each. I promise you that. Moment of truth. He chose split. She chose steal. The the nice girl was a thief. The nice girl was bad. Every time I see this, it totally breaks my heart because a guy just falls onto the desk. He's got his head in his hands. He's just destroyed. Stephen... I'm so sorry. Commiserations, you've lost. Look, look at her. She's looking away. She can't look at him. He's fallen into a slump on the table. It's just awful. It's evil, isn't it? It's such a good little game. (laughs) And here's the thing. If you analyze all the outcomes which social scientists have done, what you see is that a majority of the time, something like what I just showed you happens. People get up there and they're like, I, I, swear, I swear I will never stop. I am a good person. person. I over and over they say, I am not the kind of person that's going to cheat you. And then they do it. They stab him in the back. And these are grandmas, policemen. And here's my theory. It's not that they're mean people. It's that they don't want to be that guy slumped on the table. They don't want to be the sucker. The fear of being the sucker far overwhelms the desire to do good 
to their fellow contestants. There's something wrong with this program. <laughs> the obvious thing to do is to share. You manage to wheedle your way into the approximate possession of a fortune, and all you have to do is agree to split it. But what if you don't trust the person across the table from you? Would you still share it? Well, that's 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 interesting. Yeah. yeah let's suppose I happen to be, I'm introduced to a person named Snidely Whiplash, and he has an enormous <laughs> oiled mustache, mm. and he's wearing a cape, and he has this habit of rubbing his hands malevolently. And his eyes are twitching. And his eyes are twitching. So I'm sitting opposite him, and I'm waiting to share with this guy. See, it's in a situation like that. That's when it's a real that, test. That's, that's in interesting. In this game. So yeah. what do you do if you don't want to be a sucker? and you're not sure you can trust the person across the table. There's no good answer to that. But then... Hi. Hi, is this Nick? It is. This brings us to the moment in question. We ran into this guy. My name's Nick Corrigan. I work for Media Academy Cardiff, based in Wales. So uh, Nick runs a not-for-profit in Wales, and... um, Right away when you talk to him, you notice two things. He loves whales. It's the most beautiful country in the world. And he loves game shows. Yes. What was your first one? When I was about 17. He was on a quiz show. And I won a book. Nick has since been on, by his count, 44 game shows. Whoa. He's won 43 of them, he says. Uh, he's won a boat. He's won a house full of stuff, trips to various places. This is like what he does. Whoa. And when he first encountered Golden Balls... You know, he noticed the same miserable pattern that we all notice, which is like the nice people get up there. They say, let's share. Let's do it. We can be in this together. And then every time um, they were just shafted. But then Nick got an idea. How did you get that idea? I think I was probably um, swimming. I get all my greatest ideas when I'm swimming. (laughs) It was only when I went back and had a cup of tea, as everybody in Wales obviously drinks tea. Um, With your lump of coal right next to you. (laughs) Your pet, your little pet coal lump. Coal is very important to Wales. (laughs) Um, When I got back, I thought, actually, it can't fail. So Nick makes it onto the show, makes it to the last round. Welcome back to Golden Bulls. And he finds himself sitting across the table from a man named Ibrahim, who the two of them are a study in contrast. Nick is tall, he's got really intense eyes, feathered hair. Ibrahim is short and bald and looks kind of like a mini Telly Savalas. Ibrahim and Nick, you now face a very straightforward choice. Jasper, the host, lays out the scenario. They are, they're, they're competing for 14,000 pounds. They have to decide to split or steal. And now we get to the good part. Now keep in mind, as you listen to this, that... Almost 100% of the time, what happens in this moment is one person looks at the other and says, I promise you, I will choose the split ball. We'll share it. We'll share together. Yeah, that's what they say. Nick takes a very different approach. Ibrahim, I want you to um, trust me. 100%, I'm going to pick the steel ball. Sorry, you're going to... I'm going to choose the steel ball. You're going to take the steel. I want you to do split, and I promise you that I will split the money with you. Well, after you've took the steel. Yeah. You're going to take steel. Yeah. I'm going to take split. Yeah. So you take the money. And I will split it with you. After the show. Yeah. (laughs) There was was utter panic in the studio. (laughs) Because his whole idea was like, I'm not even going to pretend I'm not going to steal. And then I'll meet you on a corner after the television show and (laughs) give you the half of it? Like, that's ridiculous. All the researchers started running around going, what's he doing? Can this be done? There was panic. Abraham, I promise you I'll do that. If... If, if you do steal, we both walk away with nothing. I'm telling you, 100% no, I'm going to do it. I appreciate that. Right, I'll give you another alternative. <sighs> Why don't we just both pick 
Split. I'm not going to pick split. I'm going to steal Ibrahim. Honestly, 100%, I'm going to steal. It's in your nature to steal. No, I, I'm honest, and I'm going to tell you're, you... You're an honest I am. That's why I'm telling you I'm going to steal. If you do split, then I will oh, split the money. I can't see myself doing that. OK, well, I'm going to steal, so we're going to leave with nothing. Where's your brains coming from? <laughs> I can't work out... I know that I'm a decent guy, and I will split the money with you. Well, we should just both split then. No, I'm going to do steal. And this argument went on and on. Blimey, O'Reilly. The actual argument, not the edited version online, went for 45 minutes. There was name-calling, there were threats, and over those 45 minutes, there was an interesting shift. Nick says that the audience began to turn on him. The audience behind were booing me. Which, uh... I get, because as I was watching it, I mean, initially it seems like a really cool, clever strategy, but then you realize as it goes on that he's being kind of an ass. <laughs> like, he's not giving the other guy a choice. He's actually kind of bullying him. No matter what he said, I was not budging from the fact, and it, my intransigence just uh, infuriated him. Did you ever actually, like, hate him or actually... Yes, I did hate him. Yes. Huh. Yes. Yes, I did. This is Ibrahim. Ibrahim Hussein. I'm a market trader. I work on flea markets. He sells textiles. In London. It took us forever to track him down. Months. <laughs> you found me at last. <laughs> but I did hate him, I think, because he couldn't be... He couldn't, you couldn't negotiate with him. There was no negotiation. I was saying to him, like, if I give you my word that I'm going to split... Then I'm going to split. If I gave you my word... Now, let me, let me tell you what my word means. OK. My father once said to me, a man who doesn't keep his word is not a man. He's not worth nothing. Not worth a, not worth a dollar. I agree. So... Abraham, I'm going to steal. So you've got the choice. You either steal. That was the point where I was like, Nick, give the guy a chance at least. Come on. We've lost it. We've lost everything. Okay. We've lost then. We're walking away with no money because you're an idiot. No, that's you're not You're an true. idiot. You're an idiot. That's what you are. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. That's what you are. We, we, this can go on all night, and these people have got to get up for breakfast. <laughs> Nick, choose split or steal. And right before they have to make their decision, it seems that Ibrahim caves. Maybe Nick wore him down, and he's like, fine, you choose steal, I'll choose split. Hopefully you'll share the money. Right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with you. Okay. I'm going to go with I promise you, you I will split it. You cannot change your balls now. Split or steal? They both turn over their balls. Ibrahim, as we suspected, chose split. I felt I had no alternative. And Nick also chose split. Yes! Congratulations, you have both split and each received £6,800. Radio Lab is supported by Betterment. Let's talk about you and your money. You like your free time. You like to relax every now and then. You like to feel totally chill. But your money, your money likes to work. And Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. While you're catching up on sleep, your money is up early, earning 11 times the national average in a high-yield cash account. Your money is a multitasker, diversified in expert-built portfolios of low-cost ETFs. And your money is optimized with automated tax-efficient strategies, just like the pros use. Your money is a total workhorse, so you don't have to be. Because you've got Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. 
Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Radiolab is supported by TurboTax. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, filing with 100% accuracy and getting your max refund guaranteed. So whether you started a podcast, side-hustled your way to concert tickets, or sold Hollywood memorabilia, switch to TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Hi, I'm Adam Grant, host of the podcast Rethinking, a show where I talk to some of today's greatest thinkers about the unconventional ways they see the world. On Rethinking, you'll get surprising insights from scientists, leaders, artists, and more. People like Reese Witherspoon, Malcolm Gladwell, and Yo-Yo Ma. Hear lessons to help you find success at work, build better relationships, and more. Find Rethinking wherever you get your podcasts. The whole game, he swore he was going to steal, but then he ends up splitting. Do you think that he was lying the whole time and always intended to share? He could have changed his mind at the last second. Whatever the case, here's why his strategy was so brilliant. I was shocked. I was shocked. I was taken aback. When we asked Ibrahim, like, if Nick hadn't deployed that crazy strategy, would you have still split? Because that's what you were saying to him the whole time, that you're going to split it. You're going to share the money. Would you have still done it? No. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, I was always going to steal. I was never going to split. Never. Really? Never. Really. I was never going to split. Why? But Why? Why? The reason being, if I split and the other guy steals, I get nothing. I'd rather both of us walk away with nothing than someone, um, what's the word, embarrass me to a certain extent. Didn't want to be the sucker. And then I asked him, like, what about that speech with your dad? You know, that's the one that kind of got me. My father once said to me, a man who doesn't keep his word is not a man. Can I, no, can I just jump in about that? Yeah. My dad, I, I never met him. <laughs> I, I, uh, my really? mother brought me up, me and my brother and my sister, and I never ever met my father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that you made that up? Yeah, I'm afraid so. You made that up? Yeah, yeah. I think I saw it on a film once. <laughs> <laughs> and it always stuck with me. I thought I'll be able to use that one day. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a good boy. <laughs> I think that is the real victory here. Like Nick got a guy who's never intending to share the money, whose whole philosophy was like, Don't trust anybody. Don't trust no one. He got that guy to be good against his will, and that guy thanks him for it. He did con me to a certain extent, but he conned me into £7,000. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, for his part, is also grateful to have the money so he can give it to charity. I run a children's charity. I do all the health and safety and all the fundraising. Is that connected in any way to... Your multiple appearances on game shows? Yes. It is? Yes. Huh. Directly? Yes. <laughs> so explain you the... sound surprised. <laughs> I do, because it's a very... Wow. I kind of forgot how abruptly that ends, but man, what a ride, right? Whew. 
Um, okay, before I go, just wanted to remind you one last time, Radiolab senior producer Simon Adler doing his multimedia extravaganza, Radiolab Live, how the cassette tape changed us on May 5th during the Hot Docs Festival at the Hot Docs Cinema in Toronto. I'm from Toronto. The Hot Docs Cinema is like one of the best things about the city that I am from. Um, there are a few tickets still left. Jump on them if you are going to be around. Uh... Yeah, it'll be great. Okay, catch you next week. Radio Lab signing off. Radio Lab was created by Jad Abenrod and is edited by Soren Wheeler. Lulu Miller and Latif Nasser are our co-hosts. Dylan Keefe is our director of sound design. Our staff includes Simon Adler, Jeremy Bloom, Becca Bressler, Rachel Cusick, Akedi Foster Keys, W. Harry Fortuna, David Gable, Maria Paz Gutierrez, Sindus Yanasambandan, Matt Kilty, Annie McEwen, Alex Neeson, Sarah Kari, Ana Rascuet Bas, Sarah Sandback, Ariane Wack, Pat Walters, and Molly Webster, with help from Andrew Vinales. Our fact checkers are Diane Kelly, Emily Krieger, and Natalie Middleton. Hi, this is Finn calling from Stores, Connecticut. Leadership support for Radiolab science programming is provided by the Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation, Science Sandbox, a Simons Foundation initiative, and the John Templeton Foundation. Foundational support for Radiolab was provided by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation.